Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Austin Walker here coming to you live from the Brick House Brick in house. Brooklyn. You already know what it is. Vice HQ. It is December 9th, 2016. I think that date is right. You're right. So welcome to Waypoint Radio. We have a lot to talk about today, I think. We have a, a ton to talk about. I like, you're a good, you're a good hype man. Because, yeah. like, no, I have no idea what right. we're talking about. We've got a lot. But you were like, we got shit to talk about. Yeah, we do. Danielle Riendo joining me. Hello. Patrick Klepek joining me. Tim Barnes, our audio producer. Tim Barnes is also in the house. Say hi, Tim. Hello. People can hear you because this is a wide stereo speaker. That's right. Wide stereo. Coming to you in wide stereo. I'll keep my comments to a minimum. I appreciate okay. it. <laughs> Tim. Tim knows. Tim's good. Patrick. It sounds like you had a thing to say. Um, you saw, did you see the reveal of the name of the new Fast and Furious film? Oh, I did not. Tell Hold me. On. Let me. Let me put. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't <laughs> okay. want to get it wrong. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, you're okay. gonna be precise. Okay, so Fast Eight, right? The yeah. fate of the Furious. Ooh. <laughs> huh. Get it? Is it? Is it F eight? Like, is it? Is it written no. that way? No, it's oh. not. Oh, which is okay. a missed opportunity. Yeah, that yeah, really but, is. But there will there will definitely just be like F eight logos on Facebook, on Facebook yeah. or on like cats. I I, I thought you said a, cats for a second. On cats and the spray <laughs> like, paint cats. Definitely. They're yeah. gonna come through and just cats wearing hats with fate. F eight. That's a whole thing. That's, that's a good. that's a lot. Yeah. So how's it going? How's your week been? Our week. Well, we sure had long. a week. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, for people who don't know, because they only listen to the podcast, we try to do a stream on Wednesday. We were going to do a stream from the UK, where our Mike Diver, our, our UK editor, or our, our editor in there, senior editor in the UK, was going to do uh, a live stream from a pub, which is a thing that happens in the UK all the time, I understand. There's lots of pubs, they're just everywhere. So uh, there's live streams, just nonstop. Yeah. And someone drilled through the electrical wire. <laughs> Um, the power cable to the pub. And so there was no power, and so there was no stream. And then we tried to do a stream here, and we hit... We spent, what, four hours trying to get our audio set up. Poor Tim yep. was was sweating trying to get the audio set up. And then eventually, after like three hours, mm-hmm. I was like, Austin, why don't we just stream this? And we did. And we did. And so, it was a magical wonderland. And then we that. tried to play Space Team. That didn't work either. That didn't wanna... work either. So... There's been, you know, so, let's say there's been some failure this week, but there was a success. I got to do something I have always dreamed of doing what this was week. That? I got to speak with the legendary Shigeru Miyamoto. Damn. And it was amazing the, and wonderful. The, I also got to speak with Reggie fils me from Nintendo. You got the name right. Nice work. I hope you didn't I did. Say, like, I can Reggie. never, sp- I can never spell that name correctly. Yeah. Filet Man. Fils-Ami. Reggie Filet Man. Filet Man, yes. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> legendary Filet Man, yes. 
Uh, and they were both so wonderful and so lovely, and it was really, really exciting. I, I went to see Super Mario Run, which is sort of the the first kind of real mobile game. Obviously, Pokemon Go was a, a game, but this is like the first, like... But it, that wasn't made by Nintendo either. That was no, made that was by Niantic, Niantic yeah. with the Pokemon Company, which is like only partially owned by Nintendo. So this was like an actual This is like in-house giant. Nintendo EAD making the game. It is, it is um, not f- funny necessarily, but like I think that it is uh, interesting that the first thing they did was like in such a well-worn genre sure. uh, on in the mobile space like they didn't just say like we're going to make a regular Mario game they said like we're going to make a runner you know how runners work on phones yeah yep how is it but it's actually really awesome it's basically an actual Mario platformer with the input simplified okay but they designed around that and and they were sort of very very keen on letting me know that like the Mario Brain Trust actually made this game. This was made by like Miyamoto and several other people on the on the team, like the core Mario team, the right. folks who made the new Super Mario Brothers games and so on. Like that's the actual team. And that's, that's the aesthetic. It does have like the new Super Mario yes. Brothers aesthetic. And they specifically said they went with that because it's that team and they're comfortable working with that. Uh, sort cool. of even despite the nostalgia of, you know, the NES Classic and, you know, Mario Maker and things like that. They were like, "No, we, you know, this is how we've been working for a while. We're going to kind of go with this. Right, sure. Uh, so it's actually really fun uh, and pretty robust. That was the thing I was worried about, that it would be like, you know, an endless runner. What you think of when you think of endless runners, not that there are not any good endless runners. Right, right. There certainly are. It's just You thought it would be a skin on like a mid-tier endless runner, exactly. which is like a low-tier Nintendo game yeah, at that yeah. point. But it's like a real proper Mario game. It's just the, the controls are simplified. You tap sort of once quickly to do like a little hop and you hold it down a little bit longer to jump further but okay. it's uh, it's everything is really contextual so there are ways is it, is it so is it a short jump and a long jump or is it like analog so to speak it's a short jump and a long jump okay yeah it's actually pretty it, it's pretty intuitive i was kind of cool. getting around things pretty quickly and mario will actually also automatically jump on like small enemies so like little goombas uh, okay. and little koopas he'll he'll kind of hop over them so you can decide to jump on them to get that extra bit of height, or you can, or you can kind of just let Mario run through that aspect of it, gotcha. which is really cool. It actually, it actually does give you sort of a lot of choices, cool. and you know there are things like challenge coins that you can get. You have to actually find like secret paths and kind of go different ways. There's actually a lot going on here, so it's like a proper platformer. It just happens to be a little bit simplified in terms of directional. Control. Did you see that you're not going to be able to play this game on an airplane? What? No. It requires an internet connection. No. That's really frustrating for a lot of reasons. It's awful, because it's a really fun game. Because actually, do you know what else that means you can't do? You can't play it on the subway. Ugh. That's where I want to play it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, they, they claimed, there's an interview with Mashable in, uh, in which Miyamoto talks about the fact that <sighs> the game requires internet connection because of piracy? Like, there, I, like, there sounds like a very loose justification for Bad. why they're doing this, and they also claim no. that part of the reason they're launching on iOS first is also because of piracy, which actually has a little more legitimacy. Um, yeah. um, sure. I would, I would understand that, that on Android. But, Sure. Yeah. I would that understand I get. that, but not the internet thing. Is it storing all the levels? Is it just pulling down levels from the from the cloud? I guess that's possible. Uh, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the explanation is, it's bad because no, that's like, not the de- great. The definition of like a mobile <laughs> game is that you can play it wherever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, well now I'm very sad. That's a bummer. I've become sad. That's frustrating <laughs> because like it seems like 
the basic, like I said earlier, it sounded like the gist of it was something that, like, oh, yeah, we wrap our heads around why people like mobile games. Yes, um, very much so. And there's uh, yeah. a piece we just had go up right at, at noon uh, that was spe- me speaking to Miyamoto about specifically designing around the screen and around right. tapping. They thought a lot about, like, oh, for making a mobile game, should we do swipes? Should we do sort of the gestures people usually do? And they were like, no, we want this to actually be something you play with one hand anywhere you are. He even talked about, like, this is a great game to play on a train. So I'm like... I guess if the train Not, has uh, right. internet. Suppose, the train as long as you have a data connection. <laughs> right, as long as the train is above ground. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess. I could play it on the M, but not the L. Right, right. Great. M, not L. Mario, not Luigi. All right, I see uh, the conspiracy now. Oh now I understand what's going on. You okay. can't play as Luigi in the game, Someone's, the Someone stop, so. Danielle. Somebody I'm kill me now. my best every day. Somebody kill me now. <laughs> I, part of what I'm excited about this game, other than the fact that like it's a like Nintendo quality, you know, hopefully a Nintendo quality uh, mobile game, um, which is just sort of a lot different than sort of the expectation, like the lower bar of expectations we often have for mobile stuff, um, mm-hmm. is that I don't find uh, Endless Runners to be like compelling at all. Yeah. I don't enjoy competing for a high score. Like that's not, I, I like having a goal and like, that's part of the reason I, I, I was excited about this because when I saw it was a runner, I was like, Oh no, they're going to make this really fantastic feeling platforming game on, on, on mobile. And then it's just going to be you fighting a high score. And then they said, Oh, yeah. there's a story mode with like concrete levels. And we're going to come out yeah. with, you know, level packs. Like that got me excited because I want the elegance of Nintendo yeah. uh, handcrafted design yes. with a structure around it. Yes. yes. With good totally. level design. Yes, exactly. I hope I hope it's good despite the connection thing. Yeah, me too. I'm curious. I agree. I, I really enjoyed what I played. And Obviously, I played a demo. It wasn't like the whole game, but everything felt like an actual sort of new Super Mario Brothers style. Yeah. And you can read that story on, on waypoint.vice.com right now. Sure there can, are a right bunch now. of other things, too. Like you, you also interviewed Reggie. Yes. And also, you got them both to tell you which Nintendo characters they would have a drink with. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, you know, you send Danielle into the, <laughs> into the interviews, and you're going to get those burning questions answered. Hey, you know, I, I, it was really funny because uh, Mr. Miyamoto was like, he kind of laughed about it. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't really drink beer. And then he got like really quiet and really serious. He's like, oh, who would it be? Like, he really, like, looked around the room for a second and was like, Star Fox. Fox McCloud. Like, he would have the best stories. He and would I was have just dope like, stories. Yeah, that's right, he would. What about you two? What, what did you decide? Who would you drink with? Which Nintendo character would you have a beer with? Who did I, who did I say? Just, like, oh, I, 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 I said K.K. Slider, because I could see the two of yeah. us sipping whiskey until yeah. the sun comes up and he's just strumming on his guitar. That's you can dag it up with him. You that's, know, you could oh. keytar, he'd be on the guitar. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't happen until about three in the morning. Yeah, good. Until you get close to four. Once I you understand. hit four, that's it. <laughs> that's Bad decisions. <laughs> what about you, uh, Danielle? You know, I was actually thinking Bowser because I really want to like have a heart to heart about okay. why he's always ruining Mario's vacations. Yeah, that's the plot of every game. Somebody went on vacation and somebody else. Do you ruined know the? It. Do you know the fan theory about Bowser? No, what fan you don't know about this? I mean, I know of a like few fan dad theories. Bowser who dad and, and how like Bowser and Mario are just trying to give their kids a good time. Do you yeah, know, you know this well, one? that's part of the vacation thing. Right, so They're like always going on vacation. So I think the theory originated from either Mario three, where it has like the the like theater right uh, kind of um, framing device. Framing device, yeah, yeah. exactly. Thank you. Um, and and the, the notion was like, 
oh, hey, or like Mario Kart, same thing. It's like it's Mario and Bowser getting together to give everybody else like a fun time. And Bowser's like playing up being the villain the way like a dad will be like, oh, I'm Darth Vader. (laughs) Like I'm evil Bowser. But really, we're all friends. And like that's why they can go like do sports together and do parties and all that. That makes sense. I think that that's that's my my headcanon. Well, I would get to the bottom of that. I see. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, Bowser. And plus, he feels like it feels like he'd be fun to drink with. Like Bowser could party. He could party. I really want to have a drink with the Ganon from Wind Waker. Because, like, at the end of Wind Waker, that Ganon has this, like, long, like, speech about the winds moving. Like, the winds came to my desert country with – they were harsh and and brutal in the day and, you know, cold at night and killed my people and now I'm sad and, like – I think he just needs a bud. And he like, needs a friend. Like, oh, he needs like a like a literal bud, like a Budweiser. He needs, he needs like a bud. <laughs> he needs he another needs a, kind of bud. Little, I don't he know. Needs, he needs <laughs> a bud. He also needs a little bud. He I think needs all the buds. He just come through. Really? Come through. We're in the a brick bud house. in each hand. You know, exactly. use your imagination. Use your, use, like, get your connect buds. the dots. Um, I think that 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 Ganon could just. I bet you he has just like some smart ass things to say about the world and history. He's also old. I think that that. Ganon is also the Ocarina of Time Ganon, which means, oh. like, he's seen a lot. And I just want to talk to him about, you know, what's cyclical in history. What, yeah. ha- You know, I, I think, like, a nice whiskey. I'm not a whiskey guy, but I think he is. He is. So he I so would, is. I would suck it up and, and yeah. do whiskey for, to hang out with that Ganon. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Anything else going on this week? He is playing anything. <sighs> Patrick, have you started it's in more, on like- it's, No, it's just more Final Fantasy. Yesterday I made the transition. There is, you know, this was talked about before the game came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a specific chapter in which the game swaps from being an open world sort of thing yeah. to a far more linear sort of story mm-hmm. experience. Like there's a moment when the story kind of pivots and then it's like, oh, it's story time. And uh, I just decided to... I kind of hit uh, this this moment in the open world. I talked about it in the second part of the letter series yeah. that we ran this week uh, in which I was doing a lot of side quests that weren't going anywhere. Like, they were just like, hey, go get a potato. Like, hey, uh, you got the potato, now go get a tomato. And I'm like, right. oh, okay, this and How does this go? How does this end? Is it just going to be a, a yam next? <laughs> yeah, like, well, and that's what I what I wrote in 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 the in the letter was that uh, the game doesn't communicate really well. Like, is this a side quest that you only need to be doing to uh, get uh, additional uh, experience and, right. and and money? Like, if that's the case, then I'll just stop doing it because I have plenty of both. Um, right. uh, but is this a side quest where I'm going to discover like a cool dungeon? Is this a side quest that's yeah. going to get me uh, some unique weapons? And I just wasn't finding myself doing any of that stuff for like the better part of five hours. And so like, I thought, well, I'll Pedal go. The metal. <laughs> yeah, so like I'll jump into the story and they come up with a conceit that allows you to <laughs> go back. Like there's a very clear, it says like, hey, you're not going to be able to come back here, but maybe you can come back later. Like the game's not very clear. <laughs> and then like you meet a character that lets you talk with a dog and uh, go into your dreams and then dream of being back in the open world. <laughs> and then you can still go complete quests over there in the dog dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! That's I think that's the subtitle of the next Kingdom Hearts game. Yep, Kingdom Hearts two twenty two over thirty dog dream. I'm pretty dog sure dream. is the yeah. it's the crossover thing. Yeah, that's definitely Disney dog dreams. Disney dog dreams three D. Yeah, 3D. exactly. Yeah. It's three yep. DS game only. I love it. That's so I'm like at that same point where where I guess I'm, you're a little bit further ahead of ahead than me. Like I can't. I'm not at the point where I could just like zip into the the kind of switch in structure. But I'm definitely getting to the point where it's like I can't tell if this is a real thing or not. And it's a shame because some stuff definitely has the some of the side do have the attention that lead to a big boss fight or like a cool dungeon and I just want I almost want a spoiler free hint guide that's just like alright 
do these 20 quests. These are the ones to pay that you have to do. If you want to do other side stuff, go for it. But, like, you know, this is the one where there's, like, a cool cutscene or where, you, like, you and, and you know, uh, Gladio will get into an argument or, like, whatever it is. Like, I want the stuff that's that's really story-heavy You need a skip game. list, basically. I need a skip for list, this. exactly. <laughs> I, want, I want the machete order yeah. of... Of uh, Final or, or some of my favorite uh, combat in the game are doing the hunts, but the game goes out of its way to make it fucking hate so this. difficult to do the hunts in this game. Let oh, me man. take multiple hunts at once. No, it's not Let even that. It's not even. That. It's not even that you cannot go multiple hunts at once. It's I that, think it is, but well, it, but it's it's that the hunts are not universal between NPCs. Mm. So the hunts mm-hmm. that are scattered throughout the game are scattered right. between different vendors, and those vendors. Do not give you any indication if you are going to be level appropriate for those hunts. So you can spend three minutes sitting through a loading screen, run into I a see. town, go right. to an NPC and be like, maybe this is – maybe they've got a hunt for me. It's like, oh, no, it's all level 60 hunts. It's like, well, better randomly roll the dice on, like, the next NPC and hope <laughs> that one gives me – like, it's like, – Or the other thing happens for me, which is, like, that's where I want multiple hunts. Is like if I go the other way where it's like, oh, I'm going to go back to this place and clean up the last five hunts that I skipped there. Right, I'm level right. 30 now. I want to take all of level sevens. Like, it won't be a problem. Just let me just go like zip around and get them really quick. That would be preferable. Yeah. It is not preferable. It's so, just because uh, uh, you fight the coolest, biggest monsters uh, on yeah. the hunts, and it allows you to like really dig into the combat. Because right now, what's happening is I did so much of the side stuff before mm-hmm. I'd made the pivot into the story that the story difficulty has been just nerfed. Like, I'm just coasting yeah. through every single battle because I'm like basically 10 to 15 levels higher than I, I should be for what's happening. And the game doesn't adjust for that, uh, which is fine. Cause I, I mean, that's part of the consequence of all the open world stuff I did, but it's like totally. when I want to take a break and like go challenge myself and go do some, some fun combat stuff, I, I'm basically looking at half an hour to try and find something to do. And that's just, I, I just, mm, I, it's, it's yeah. makes me angry that I have to spend this much time finding the good stuff because it's there, but the game just puts up a ton of barriers to actually engaging with it. Maybe they'll patch it like they're patching the story. I, you know what? I bet the <laughs> I bet the hunt stuff will get. I, you know, you, you joke, but I bet that hunt stuff is so obvious and it's a complaint that I've seen everywhere. That's yeah. going to happen in the in a patch in the next like couple of months. But I'll have finished the game. You know, I'm going to finish the game probably in the next week. And, uh, and I probably missed out on a yeah. bunch of stuff uh, that because that stuff happened so much later. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I uh, yeah I think I'm gonna push through and probably finish it up. Also, I like like I said in the, at the end of this letter, I was like, you can hold me to the fact that I'm gonna play more of this game. I am just enjoying being in this game, and yeah. it's it's it is able to do both things I need, which is like, oh, it's the weekend and I have three or four hours open. I can really pay attention and do a story thing, and it's the like. I got home from the office. It is 10.30 p.m. I need to, like, just become a vegetable for the next <laughs> hour and a half and just, like, zzz, buzz. A cactar. Is, a cactar, I, A cactar, specifically a cactar. Um, a potato and then a tomato yeah. and then a yam, one and then another. And I'll complete the quest by being the tomato that the <laughs> diner owner needs. Yes. Um, please. Aspire to that. Exactly. And so I just need that, like that fed to me and I could just do side side stuff while listening to a podcast or watching something else um, so to be clear I didn't mean like someone in a vegetative state I right. meant literally <laughs> right. the vegetable that you would eat your vegetable Apologies. That's in not... the game yes right yes, yes. Uh, other than that I'm actually playing like the I actually played the opposite experience of that sort of like just chill and just do some fun side stuff yesterday which is I played um, the Division's new DLC oh. finally called Survival uh, and that is really cool. I'm nice. definitely going to play more more of that. I ended up buying the division and like the season pass on PC because that's where my friends are playing it. 
Um, and I already have it on PS4, so I could have just gotten the DLC there and had my character and all that. But the way survival works, um, it doesn't matter what level you are. Everybody goes in, like, level zero, basically. So survival is set in the same map, same basic map of Manhattan that The Division is set in. Okay. Um, and each match is an hour long. It's a multiplayer thing where... I'm going to say 24 players join a server. There's PvE and PvP variations. I played one of each. The goal is to get to the center of the map to find, like, a cure for this virus and to get out. Um, The thing that separates it are a couple of things. One, there's a huge blizzard happening. Like, like, obviously, the division takes place in a world that's been hit by cold and snow. It's like it's uh, it takes place on in like the the December right before uh, the holidays. You know, the the virus spread spread on Black Friday. Life was interrupted. That's when life was interrupted. So it's like it's the middle of the winter already. But in survival, it's like a blizzard is happening currently, and so the, the your visibility is only a few feet ahead of you, or like it changes depending on how the weather is going. Like sometimes it clears up and you can see a block or two, and other times it's like I can barely see anything. Um, and taking notes from other survival games, uh, there are things like hunger, uh, thirst, and temperature. And so, like, you need to go hang out near little barrel fires to get your temperature up before you go out on, like, another little excursion. That's and pretty awesome. Inf- yeah. And you're infected um, oh, no. with this disease. Welcome to welcome to uh, Waypoint Radio. We like Far Cry 2. Give me a game where I'm infected with a disease. <laughs> I want to be sick. And manage that shit. I got to be sick. Um, <laughs> where, so, so what you end up doing is, like, and, and you start with no gear. You start with, like, a pistol, and that is it. And, like, a piece of cloth. And so the game is going around. What else do you need, Austin? Yeah, That's really. all I need to That's save the world. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> go into my uh, bunker. So, all I've got is cloth and pistols. That's it. I'm ready for Trump. Need, That's all I, I need. Can't. That's all you need. That's all you need is your Trump kit. That's it. You know? like, where's the water? Where's the gas? I got cloth. Don't need it. Motherfucker. <laughs> I can burn it. It's fuel. I can eat it. Give me some leather to chew on. That's cloth. Um, so you have to go out and like find in the different areas of the of the map. There are just like backpacks and and there's loot that you can find. And sometimes you find like a gun. And it's like whoa, I got a really cool, I got like an exotic gun because um, games because video games it's exotic video gun. Game. It's a yeah. gold gun. Yeah. Um, or you find more cloth or tools or weapon parts or gear parts or whatever. And so there's, it's this like super tight version of something like DayZ or Rust that's match based instead of being. Uh, and so I guess there's, there's other things out there like H one H one Z one like mm-hmm. King of the Kill or whatever it's called. Um, I, hope, I really do. I think hope it's, it's called, called King, of the Kill, King of the Kill, which is also yeah. like match based in this way. But I haven't seen anything that's like this. Um, like the the there are moments where it's so tense, partially because any sort of survival game like this is already tense, and partially because a number of like just the audiovisual polish on this game is already really strong. So things like. Hearing a gunshot in the distance, like you just like freeze up because it's you die, you're out of the match, right? And as people die, it also just like the countdown of like twenty agents remaining, seventeen players remaining, like three players, and like as they die, it's a really cool like battle royale style thing. Um, and there's lots of of course like, are you cool? Like I see a person, we're both fighting a really hard NPC together, but it's PvP, so we don't know if we're gonna like backstab each other. It does that <laughs> thing. It, it feels a lot like, and I saw somebody else say this on Twitter, what the division's dark zones should have been mm. to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Um, it's because you you get into the dark zone eventually after you craft like your mask and all that other stuff, and you have to extract with your stuff. I did not extract with my stuff. Um, oh, no. What happened for me in my first game, two things. One, I wasted a bunch of ammo, like an idiot, because I was walking past Madison Square Garden and I heard um, the sound of gunfire. And I was like, oh, shit, there's someone coming over there. Throw a grenade, start shooting. 
there was not someone over there. There was a generator making a weird clicking noise that was fucked up. And like that alone Kill that generator. is enough I don't, to Austin, be like – you are not on my team in the apocalypse. Like you have already <laughs> evidence that you are incapable. You're right. gone. You're off the team. You weren't so even I'm on the, the team. You haven't been kicked off because you weren't signed up. I can Failed do the first coach. test. Coach, let me. I'll be. I'll like edit your your post apocalyptic misses. <laughs> I'll make sure that they're good. When you are the postman, someone has to edit the mail. In that's, the that's a good point. That's. I just want to make that's sure the letters that when I'm dropping my thumb drive podcasts all over <laughs> yes, the country. Exactly. Um, so then I ended up getting into the dark zone, and it was like me and eight other players. Every time someone dies, it's, again, it's like this amazing like. 20 players left, 19 players left. And That's sometimes good. you hear the gunfight off in the distance, and other times you don't. So uh, eventually I'd, I'd gotten this really good shotgun, a really good like s- sniper rifle thing. I was like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. And the enemies are all really tough because they are all like higher level and have good equipment. And so every little... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Gunfight feels really tense, and you have to be really strategic, and it really plays up the elements of the game's like cover-based combat system in a way that makes it feel a lot more lethal and a lot more like scary. So you don't have it, to you don't have to have really played the main game to jump you get, into this. As soon as you get to the main like hub, it's available. I, pl- oh, yeah, nice. I, I played maybe fifteen hours. Of you can jump into it right now because you go in at level zero. No one has stuff when they start. You literally have to craft special abilities to use. Like if you want to use pulse or use like the little seeker bomb, the stuff that are that you just level up and get mm-hmm. in survival. You find equipment and craft those things, <laughs> um, which is really cool because you end up going through. It's almost like a roguelike in that way of just like, what's my build going to be this time? Like, okay, I got this cool shotgun. I guess that means I'll be an up-close person, so I'll make sure I have the heal ability because I'll be behind cover and I'll pop the heal ability that heals people around me or whatever. That stuff is really cool. Um, so I got into the dark zone and I I had a really good run of like, I had this really good shotgun and all the enemies I was finding had shields and axes. They were like the firemen Ooh, gang yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And the shotgun does good things against that. Like, yeah, get up close to me. Come on. I got this. And then I got, I killed two of them. I, I chased another two around the corner. And I like, was lining up my shot to like, I was like, I got this. I'm going to get a lot of good gear off of this. And then bullets started whizzing past my head. And I turned around. And of course, there was another player behind me. It was, was a generator. Like, and it was a generator. Oh, no, but it came to life. And it was generator. Right. The player. It's Bastion. It was, it was Bastion. It was apocalyptic Bastion came, came in. For me. Oh, and no. I got, I got got. And then, and then I was like, it got to that point of like rooting for the other NPCs to kill him and they did yeah. <laughs> and then it was just our two dead bodies next to each other because there's a five minute window in which someone could come resurrect you oh, wow. that didn't happen instead someone <laughs> came and looted both of our corpses um, and teabagged you yes yeah, but you, totally. play with, you can play with a team I'm really excited yeah. to go back into it this weekend I might try to do a stream if I have time we'll see yeah. uh, that, that sounds be- interesting like when we it's, like when, the, when we get some time off the holidays that seems like yes. a game I want to jump into and, and check out I think you would respond well to it. Yeah, is what I'll say. So, so it's definitely it's definitely reminded me that I had an okay time with with the division, and also has made me want more things like that. Yes. Um, so, like more, I like I like little handcrafted experiences that shift your basic experience with the game. Do you know what I mean? Like we've talked, Patrick, about what's the Red Dead horror one? Uh, uh, Undead, Undead Nightmare. 
Undead Nightmare. I, I think that's a really cool idea. I like this because it's like, oh, hey, you know these basic mechanics, but let's really throw a wrench in what the play feels like. So really high on it right now. If you can tell. Rad. If you can tell. Yeah. Um, and I'll actually pivot from that into a question we got. I actually, rad. so I did an AMA yesterday and ask me anything. It was on, really good. On the Reddit platform. Reddit.com slash r slash IAMA. Yes. Um, in which I got a bunch of great questions from the community. I'm really appreciative that the community came out and showed support and like asked good questions instead yeah. of bad questions. <laughs> um, and I didn't get to answer all of the questions. And one of them was really good, and I was like, oh, man, I really want to answer this, but I need more time to think about it. So I'm going to read it, uh, and, and we can all answer it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this Ask comes in anything. from uh, Sam, who writes... People talk often about a game having a, having good level design, but it doesn't seem like the collective uh, that as a collective uh, we, we often focus on an individual an individual level when we talk about games. Um, even though sometimes you get some attention spent on things like Clockwork Mansion, Heather Alexandra just did that piece on Kotaku, mm-hmm. or like uh, Effect and Cause that you just wrote about, Patrick. Um, so just simple: what are some of our favorite levels ever in games, and why? Hmm. What sticks out as some of your favorite levels in games? Like I, we do talk a lot about, like, oh wow, that game has good level design. So, like, yeah. what do we mean by that? And what are some great examples? Uh, for me, the what first came to mind was uh, the first level in the original Deus Ex, um, sure. the Statue of Liberty stage, um, uh, which it like we take uh, for granted games like Dishonored that like take the you know in the case of Dishonored like very <laughs> directly took the linear of Deus Ex as Harvey Smith yes. worked on the original but like we sort of take for granted this idea of like being in uh map designs in which the player is allowed to approach them from multiple angles like that is just a thing that is in a ton of games these days right. but uh Deus Ex was like a huge pioneer in the idea of like approaching uh an environment and how you get to that endpoint is not going from uh, A to B. It's realizing that A splinters off to a bunch of different, you know, uh, right. uh, letters in between. So, like, that level sticks out to me because it was this first example, uh, at least in my experience, of uh, you would finish it. But in the in the uh, experience of finishing that stage, you would pick up on, oh, I could have done all these other things. Now I'm excited to reload that level. I mean, the, the demo for Deus Ex was that Statue of Liberty stage. Of Liberty, I, I remember yeah. playing it. It came on a, a PC Gamer demo disc, uh, and uh, which used to be like the, like the happiest moment of every month was yes. the PC Gamer demo disc because it's like I couldn't afford many games. So it's like I was getting a bunch of games each month. And I must have played that Deus Ex demo like, you know, dozen two dozen times each time encountering a different way uh maybe subtly different way but um it was like this masterful early example of uh uh, of empowering the player uh in a way that i just had not seen in a game before so it's like i always that 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 level itself cemented why i love those types of games going forward like that level is responsible for like a lot of the games i enjoy now and have over in like the 15 years since um so that's the level that stuck out to me because it was this uh, early example of a level that just sort of like defined a player experience. And I think that's what like a lot of good level design is, is like defining a player experience in some way. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, multiple open. angles, open right. and it stuff can be, like It can be the opposite of that. Yeah. Right. Just like like Mario 1-1 is super good at teaching you how to play a Mario. Exactly. Yeah, it's a secret yeah. tutorial, right? but like yes. there's no exactly. text explaining how you do things. Right, yeah. exactly. How about you, Daniel? Uh, for me, because I'm such a big platformer fan, I think there's, it, for me, it's it's usually a balance of several elements, like risk and reward mm-hmm. and surprises. 
Uh, okay, and also sure. sort of like a good uh, teaching mechanic. So there's there's a level in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Huh, surprise. I know, it's shocking. Surprise. It's like a savanna level. It looks like this sort of very beautiful kind of like, you know, savanna-y mm-hmm. area. And it's on fire. And there, there's sort of a mechanic teaching you how to how to use a certain element to put out the fires. And then you have to start sort of swinging on vines around that. And, it, and it's sort of like it teaches you this mechanic in a fairly safe way at right. the very beginning of the level. And then it starts twisting on that and twisting on that and twisting on that and making it more challenging each time. And also with that game and with, you know, sort of really good platformers in general, I love it when it teases you a little bit. There's a secret area here. There's a secret element here. You know, experiment and play around and find those things. It's sort of like this this rich little space that I enjoy exploring mm-hmm. and will be rewarded for exploring. And I will also say, uh, regarding Dishonored 2, I just got to what I think is the best level in the game, which is the sort of time travel I won't spoil anything, but that is, I think, even better. Patrick, you said this, actually, uh, that it's actually even cooler than the Clockwork Mansion. So, again, that's it's doing risk-reward, and it's doing secret surprises, and it's doing all those things in a 3D space. Right. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's, it's all about that. And flow. And flow is a, a really, really important part, especially uh, in anything platformery for me. It's like... It needs to have exciting moments and it needs to have like take your breath moments okay like, it's 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 kind of a combination of all these elements it's that you know it when you see it specifically explains to me why you're a donkey kong country tropical yes. or like donkey kong country in general fan yeah. where like that game is a lot faster than i think a lot of the early mario or the donkey kong country series in general Much is like faster. a little faster than mario uh the mario games momentum were, than precision but not as like out of control as the early sonic games were for sure nice middle ground there yeah That's yeah it's momentum Good momentum. Yeah. And flow. Go ahead. I was going to say, what about you? I don't know. Like, so I think I think given that you've covered the two those two things, I think I want to go the far opposite direction, right? Which is like closely closely um, structured like gameplay flow, uh, really great design that suggests all the possibility spaces for the player. I think those are both good good elements of this. But I also just like things that communicate levels that communicate something about the world and the environment yeah. in games that have stories but or something about the game's aesthetics uh, in, in games that are about just like a cool aesthetic experience. So like um, uh, the final area in Res uh, mm. is super good at like being just this overwhelming aesthetic like just blow to the face. Just like this amazing like combo uh, of uh, visual design and and musical cues, um, but also just like when I think about games, like my my favorite standout levels are things in like Streets of Rage two that have foregrounds and backgrounds that communicate a scale that isn't really there yeah. um, that you can't necessarily go explore, but that situate the limited action you have inside of some bro- broader context. The same thing with like this is a very specific call out, but like. Ranger X is another Sega Genesis game. It's a mech game. It's one of the first mech games I played. Um, that it takes place in cities uh, and and like it takes place all over the place. And you're a mech, and, and there's a there's a level in which you're kind of climbing a big skyscraper. And at the start of the level, there are little people running around, and that's like one of those touches that like the fact that it's a skyscraper and the fact that there are these like people sized people who are like at your feet running around. That I love people sized people. People sized yeah. people, but you're a robot sized robot. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. Good man. You know, you- Austin, you're good with language. I do okay. I do okay <laughs> at robots. You got the well. words. I got the words. I found them. <laughs> I found those words. Uh, and like, you, like that's the thing is like, and so like, level design that helps that helps kind of um, 
communicate the stuff that would otherwise go unnoticed or that would sure. otherwise fall away because of the focus on just flow or just you know uh, player expression. Like I like those things a lot, but I also just love levels that color the world a little bit. I, I've spoken before about. Then here's the thing that's like not necessarily a level, quote unquote. Um, but but I think we should think about these things in the same way because they are similarly designed. But like the path from Balmora to the city of Vivek in in uh, Sky or in uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Morrowind isn't a level by any means. Like it wasn't just like oh you go into a loading screen and then you have a right. section of the game loaded. Though there might have been a loading screen at that point still, um, at least a soft load. But like it's set up to be. Um, to, like there's not much combat challenge. You fight some of the cliff racers, which are these terrible pterodactyl things. Maybe some of like the weird bug monsters, but like mostly it's like you. It's the first long walk you'll make in that game through a a, a bunch of different kind of like biomes. You'll walk past Caldera, which is this like rocky outcropped city. You'll walk past a fort. You'll walk past like through a bunch of different things, and on the way to Vivac, which is this like floating city um, near the ocean. You'll pass these big, beautiful, like, pink and blue, like, bug monster cows. Love it. I love it. And, like, you'll pass farms. And, like, that, it was just, like, a really good – it's almost like if there had been a soundtrack to that, like, the way going to Mexico was in Red Dead Redemption, it would be one of those great, like, traversal experiences. I think that's also a great level design thing, even though we're we're not talking about, like, intricately placed – clever level design right the, you know? the skeleton stories yeah yeah totally yeah, and then the other one to shout out and like i'm just not a pro at this so it's hard for me to break this down but um like the great multiplayer maps of the of the world right like yes. the two forts and facing world the Real tournament facing worlds totally like, those things are hell yeah facing very world. carefully designed and really fun um uh, Robert and they Yang encourage that flow as right well. Robert, yeah. you know yeah. like, like you know like de dust uh in uh, right, counter strike exactly. yep uh, Robert Yang does a class, or, or at least a session, on this on level design at, at NYU Game Center, and he's made some great tweets about it um, that are just like pretty simple, um, but just like here's what co- like simple level design looks like versus complex level design. I'll try to find that tweet and retweet it after we're done with the podcast today, so people can see what I'm talking about because it's 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 one of those things that's like oh right yeah it would take you would have to be super smart to design a really good Halo competitive level like Absolutely. there's a lot going on there with the levels twisting back in interesting ways that have multiple different vectors of like attack and counter attack and it's it's a it's a fucking art man it is. like yeah. it seems tough also uh, shout out to the Tower of Latria level in uh, Demon totally. Souls totally totally hell yeah. That hits all of these things, I think. Demon, like it's if you, uh, you know, shit. I played Demon Souls last. You know, I played Dark Souls, Dark Souls two, then went to Demon Souls before Bloodborne came out, and right. uh, all that's a weird order to play them in, especially mechanically. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Tower of Latria is like probably is probably the best area in any of those games. Probably, maybe it's up there. It's, it's certainly the in the that- top three. It's the only one that I've ever really felt like you. It was fair to be like the Demon Soul start. Real Demon Soul starts here. Like yeah, no, Latria is that for sure. Um, but it does a bunch oh, of cool shit. It's it's oh, and it's so creepy. Like it's a horror game stuck inside of Demon Souls, which is already which is yeah, the Souls games are already sort of like you know oppressive and weird. But like Tower of Latria is like it's it's just ugh. Dank. It's grimy, it's and the stage. first time that you the first time that you get caught by one of the jailers is like Ugh. the jailers are these like um um. I think that the D and D term for them would be Ithalid, 
I'm pretty sure. Pickled. Which is like a like a squid faced Cthulhu man. Okay, okay. But like a person. Is it like in Bloodborne when you get taken by the Hyperion? Yes, those are like folks. The Hyperion folks, the mushroom, pe- the spore people yes. are like. Is that is that the spore I people called so. in Bloodborne? The like mushroomy people. No, like, wait, those no. are the alieny mushroomy people. I'm, I'm okay, thinking sorry. about when you first the people, get, the, yeah, get the, the, put the, in the, the bag. Big, yeah, the big hulking yeah. dudes oh, with the bag. Sort of like that, but they're they actually look more like the spore people who like ah, gotcha. and they put like the needle in you from okay. their mouth. Good. Like they grab you. The, the the in fact, I hadn't made that connection before actually. But the demon souls jailers like just chase after you. They shoot you with a thing that paralyzes you, oh, God. Yep. which is already so smart and good because <laughs> through your first level in Bulletaria. You kind of learn, like, oh, the, my biggest advantage, two things. One, I can block anything that comes at me if I'm careful. And two, I can dodge stuff. Yep. And, like, no, dog, you super cannot get hit by this because <laughs> that will make you vulnerable. And, like, yeah. losing your ability to move, that vulnerability is fresh and good and, like, terrifying. Like, really scary. And then they, like, grab you and put their, like, long proboscis, like, into uh-huh. your face. And mm-hmm. then just, like, um, It's a bad way to die. Me. It's a bad that way to die. Sound like fun. And that's just the first hallway, right? Like that's literally you turn the corner like what's that guy? Oh, he doesn't he doesn't have a sword. This won't be a problem. Yeah, dog, it'll be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Uh, and so that's also good. And then that boss is also really unique the on that yes. level. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a boss uh it's, a, it's the you know, we can spoil that boss, but like yeah, it's that's... one of the most unique things in soul. It doesn't work as much now like cuz I played it so anyway, so I'll explain how it works. Like the final boss, like usually in the Souls games, you're used to fighting these like giant sort of like creatures uh, and things like that, these big monstrosities. Um, and the 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 thing at the end of the Tower of Latria uh, is a they summon a a player like from the world that you have to fight. So you like you can avoid player versus player fights in the majority of the Souls games. Um, uh, it's not something you have to engage with necessarily, um, but they forced you to fight another player and it's just it's brilliant which means like you don't know what you're gonna go up against every time you walk into the boss arena um it sucks if you play it six years after it comes out and there's no one playing <laughs> because what it means is that you fight an yeah, NPC. You... you fight an oh, npc okay. and the npc okay. is not hard so you just kind okay. of walk through it um that's but when it was explained to me how it was supposed to work i was like oh that's really brilliant right i actually i've forgotten about that part i i was actually talking about the idol the fool's idol where you have to kill another different npc in the world to make the actual this is like the uh the tower like the first part a boss yeah uh you're right that the the monk is the last of the like yellow-headed thing yeah the first one is just like a puzzle boss of just like oh no actually you have to go find this thing somewhere else in the world to kill to make this thing vulnerable it's just like they poured a lot of heart into making that whole place feel confusing while still being navigable and that's a really cool feeling that sometimes like at its most frustrating dark souls the soul series gets away from that and like it's like oh no we're just going to make it dark and poisonous and you're just going to be miserable yeah Bl- like, light town is not a good stage like light town no. is bad no. it's, it's, it's just bad, bad. It's bad. Uh, people in the chat, uh, I will shout out the chat. We're doing this live on twitch.tv slash waypoint. Uh, and people in the chat definitely talked about, like, Sense Fortress, um, yeah. which I, is another Souls level that's, like, really strong. Um, I think some, some – I, I really like the college in Bloodborne a, a lot, yes. actually. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there's a, there's a lot. That whole series is some good fucking levels. I like the castle, the snowy castle. That level's Forsaken good Forsaken castle yeah. something. I love that, mm-hmm. that area so much. I would go on and so on. Much yeah, we, we, we get, this could quickly something. become a Souls cast, uh, but we should probably do something I'm, else. I'm, like, mad we didn't – We. I hope – like, I'm, I'm glad that the Souls series is theoretically wrapped 
is like I, I'm happy to see things. I like when things close and yes. end and like when they do so under the the control of the people who poured so much heart and soul into them. No pun intended. Nah. Heart and blood would have been just as bad. They put Sweat so and much blood, blood heart and soul. into their borns. Mm. Yes. Um, I like seeing creators be able to be like, all right, this is where I'm done with this thing. I'm going to move on. Um, but I, I am bummed that we haven't had like a Souls, a new Souls game come out. Well, all three of us. Well, I mean, they're, it's, they, they, you know, from software's already said they're working on a Souls type game, which is collectively thought to be Bloodborne too. I hope it's right. not as much Me as I would too. like another Bloodborne. I would. It's in the same way that I'm glad in a way there's last of us too you know i always prefer when uh, you know the most creative yeah. people in our industry build new things so it's yeah. like well i'll be excited for blood porn too hell yeah like would i be more excited if it was like armored souls the game that i'm yes. just gonna say over and over again yes. until i will it into an existence <laughs> all souls. i want is an armored core game i think you would die game. i think you I would, would actually fucking like, die die. Like, like imagine let me, let me actually pitch it to you because this is what i want i want I want a game. I'm talking about scale and flavor and color. I want a game at two scales. I want the mech mm. to be like this huge, destroyed, post-apocalyptic overworld, which a lot of the armored core games have. Maybe with some like uh, one remaining city where you can go to like see people or whatever. And you're going off into ruins and stuff. Imagine the world sort of like Dark Siders or something, where it's been like mm-hmm. torn apart um, and and is. But it's so huge. Like it's it's sky. It's weird future skyscrapers in the distance. And you go there, and then like you're fighting other mechs, and you're going into like mech-sized dungeons and stuff that are like big canyon like yeah. walkways and shit like that you know, huge massive underground caves and then you reach places where you have to get out of your mech mm-hmm. and it's just like go into this office building so you're saying that you want Hitotaka Miyazaki to make a game with people sized people and yes. robot sized robots. Size robots perfect that's what perfect. I want damn perfect. we solved and then, it and we, we it. solved it we did it give me a call <laughs> from software come get your boy <laughs> I got a game to make <laughs> God damn. If you have questions, you can send them <laughs> to gamingadvice.com with the subject questions. We will answer those questions if they come up in the question bucket. That's right. Uh, thank you to Tim Barnes, our audio producer. You can thank find you, Tim. Tim at Tim Barnes 451 on Twitter. Uh, thank you, Danielle. Where thank do people you. find you on Twitter? Danielle R.I. Patrick. Find me at Patrick Klopek. We are at Waypoint on Twitter. I am at Austin underscore Walker. You can also find out the name and info of the person who does our intro music, our intro and outro music, Bowen, at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. I set that up. Perfect. Uh, you can find all the stuff we do at waypoint.vice.com, at digitalpyramids.com, at waypoint.zone, at bazinga.zone. You already know what it is. It is the weekend. Thank God. Woo! It's the freaking weekend. Yes. Baby, I'm going to have me some fun. Yes. Which means you're going to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. Here's what, what, are you, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to play some video games. I'm going to play some Final Fantasy 15. I'm going to play more of uh, The Division Survival. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to read, really read some stuff, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to see if hey, I can. Don't like... get too crazy. Come on, Austin. All right, slow down. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> don't party let's, too hard. Let's focus. On... <laughs> I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to read I'm a read book. and sleep. <laughs> I'm going to do it. What are, you, what are you two up to this weekend? I'm going to Rhode Island. I'm going to see my family. Awesome. I'm going to play a lot of Pokemon. That's exciting. Most likely. Blah, 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 Pokemon. Who's your favorite Pokemon so far that you've caught in this in Sun Moon? Oh, it's got to be Poplio. You didn't My catch Poplio. You were Poplio. given Poplio. No, no, he chose me. Oh, fair. He chose me. I, put, I lifted him gently in my you arms. You lifted him gently in your arms. And he chose me. He gave me a little Poplio That's hug. fair. That's yeah. fair. Patrick, he chose me. what about you? I'm, I'm hoping, I, I really want to play The Last Guardian. Uh, Eco right. and Shadow Colossus are, are some of my favorite games. and so. But I need to put Final Fantasy to bed. I have a feeling if I like walk away from it, like I'll walk away it. from it and yes. 
and like the story is a thing I want to walk away from. So now I just need to see it through. I need to just get to, other, get to the other. Get to the other. I'm kind of, I'm this. kind of actually hoping that uh, if I put the story to bed, maybe the smarter thing is to then leave the game for a while and come back and come when, back the, when some of the patches have come mm, in. Yeah. Like maybe they'll have streamlined some of the stuff that's frustrating. So rather than like spending like the next like four podcasts like getting upset about the hunt Rousing. maybe i yeah. just like walk away realize i have a ton of other games to play and see if they address some of that stuff so i'm hoping to That's a good put, idea. get that close to bed to uh, and then i'll move on to, to the last guardian because i'm super curious about that awesome if you're listening i want to tell us what you are playing you can hit us up again at twitter at waypoint or on facebook at waypoint vice do that i want to know i'm curious what people are playing so let us know i'm we'll respond as which, we, as we find time playing? yeah exactly yeah. exactly uh, and again, shout-outs to Reddit for letting us do that. Ask me anything yesterday. I will uh, make a new story on the site that links out to it yeah. and go read some of my responses. I tried to respond to as much stuff as I could. If you ask me a question there that you didn't get an answer to and want to, you think maybe it would be a good question bucket question, again, the address is gamingadvice.com, subject questions. We'll get to it, but first, we got to get to this weekend. Yeah. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.